0: Welcome everyone to Northview's podcast, or I guess the extra podcast, because we have a couple podcasts. This is the one we call extra, because we give you a little bit more. This is episode number 199, so close to 200. Hey, and those of you that uh, are still weeping from no podcast being posted last week, uh, was because everybody was away on holidays. Um, I wasn't. I always get mocked for being away, and yet I was the one that was here. And so, Jeff and Andy, who are here now, you guys were gone. Yes, we were. And I was here ready to do a podcast. Now I'm going to do it alone. Was it
1: just you and Greg? It was just Greg and I, yeah. Oh, that would have been great. That would have been weird. (laughs) No, it would have been. It would have been a great podcast. You could have asked him questions, and then he would ask you in return. Yeah. And then make snotty comments about Be like stuff. Be a, like, a,
2: yeah, like a dialogue. I, I think it's important for me to mention that I was away with my wife celebrating her 40th birthday. Why is that important for you to mention? Because I was at the NCAA games picking up a little March Madness. Now so what was now that? You're bragging. <laughs> yes, was that's playing exactly Arizona, <laughs> Arizona versus who? <laughs> Arizona v- versus uh, Iowa. Oh yeah, And then Utah versus Georgetown. <coughs> and you know what? I'm not a basketball guy. In fact, all I know about basketball is basketball goes through hoop. That's, wow. That's Do you know it was it.
0: invented by a Canadian?
2: James no. Naismith. Was, is Naismith a Canadian? <clears throat> yeah. Except he invented it when
1: he was in the United States. So Canadians invent good stuff when they go to the States. Is that what you're saying? That
2: sounds logic to me. Yeah, sure. But uh, we were there in Portland uh, watching, and it, it was actually really, really uh, good basketball. It was a good time. We used
0: to have a good time watching basketball here in Vancouver. As we did in Seattle
1: until until we not, didn't have not it anymore. i not talk anymore. about that because it still makes me <laughs> That gets angry. you going, doesn't oh, it? You have no idea. Yeah, I don't get angry about it. I just no, get there's disappointed. There's a guy when I was uh, in California in the last couple of weeks, there's a guy walking by with all he – was, he was decked out in all the Oklahoma City junk, and I honestly <laughs> nearly went up and punched him or just started having a conversation with the guy. We were walking. Bu- we were behind him in line at Disneyland, and I was like, "Okay, listen, I'm, this is ridiculous. If I come and I steal your stuff right now, and I go and I wear it later, is that's good? That's okay? That's because that's what you did. You stole my team, and now you're wearing it, flaunting it in front of my face. Hey, yeah, check
0: I'm, out, we stole your team. I'm sure that's why he was thieves, wearing it there at thieves. Disneyland. Yeah, unbelievable. So it wasn't the happiest place on earth for no. you. By the way, can I tell
1: you something about Disneyland? It's a crock.
2: Really? <laughs> Pun intended, or what? Okay, come on now. It's here. funny that it's funny. I, when Ray? I was
1: there, happiest place on earth. They have an amazing way of moving millions of people around, yeah. right? Oh, it's the most but organized the place, place on earth, is what it is. the Happiest place on earth is a complete crock. They do some crazy stuff there that, like, the rules are. I mean, are really over the top. I, I, we were. At the end of the day, there was fireworks going off at the end and we were kind of standing near a stairway, my son and I. And I was standing on the third stair. I was the only guy standing on the, st- on the third stair toward the edge of the stairway, right? And this, this Nazi, oh, sorry, Disney police person came over and said, you can't stand on the stairs. And I was like, why? The, the, it, the, the, it only lasts like three minutes, this fireworks thing. It's a three-minute thing. You can't stand on the stairs for three minutes? No, we don't allow anyone to stand on the stairs. So you pay hundred and something bucks to get into this place, and then you can only stand in certain locations. And you can't cross the street, and you can't do this, and you can't do all these things, and you better be careful with whatever, and you're not allowed to not frown, or we will get kicked out. Honestly. I so I you like, just oh. buck against the rules. Don't you? I you
0: just buck against. If there's the rule, no just, rules, it's pandemonium. I just didn't understand people it. standing
1: everywhere. It's like, just that Disney was always known for he he actually support. He was one of the first um, guys to to suggest the idea of a suburb, Disney, and that he wanted to form utopias. He actually wanted a Disney. Yeah. Oh yeah. Community, he wanted He wanted right? a whole community and stuff. He believed that you could form a utopia if you if you kept all the bad influences on the outside. So it was a fundamental flaw in his anthropology, right? He believed that people were not bad inside, that he, they actually were, it was just the effects on them from the outside forces. So he would try to do that sort of stuff, but it's crazy when you, when you get in there and you look behind the scenes or you know people who work there, whatever, it it is, it is all a show, Mm -hmm. and they do that, the cast members and stuff, they put that all there, but it is all a show, and of course you go there and you enjoy. It is interesting though, just to think about how many people go to this place, they charge like three times as much as the other as the other uh, um, like parks and stuff, or... and people pay it, and they go there, and they go, and they wear the the dumb ears, and they get into it, and it, they get into the whole fantasy. And while I was there, I was talking to my wife, who got sick of me talking about it about the cultural, <laughs> the cultural relevance of all of this, and it just made me think. You know, most people in our world want to escape into a fantasy of a fantasy utopia, <clears throat> and yet. Lewis it, would
2: say isn't there a little bit of truth there?
1: The only well I, I think there is that yeah. there is underlying that a, a desire for the kingdom of God. The, yeah. the problem is the only way for the for for the utopia that Disneyland is a, a faint shadow of to exist is through all these all rule keeping. Mm-hmm. Right? Is that you it's only it's only by enforcing the rules in the strictest sense. Moving people and forcing them to do certain things and stand in the lines and go back, just only by keeping the rules, that the utopia exists.
0: But it's kind of for their own good.
1: It's a great point. It is, but I'm just saying that one of the great challenges that I, I just think that speaks a lot to um, to, to, to your rebellious nature. And yes. You want to stand on the oh, stairs I totally want to. Stand you on you the can't stairs. get away with. I did. Doing what you want but to that, do? Free, that, that freedom. <laughs> I don't know what to think about it. I was talking for a long time about it, to my wife about about it. She got very sick of me talking about so Disneyland. Did you talk to your kids about it when you then I went online? online. And then I went online and I was looking for secrets of Disneyland, like secret <laughs> background <laughs> stuff to Disneyland so that I could use it to tell the Nazi police at Disneyland that, oh, I know about the stray cats that wander this place every night, which apparently <laughs> there are.
0: Disney cats? Like they let no, them like out? No, there's to... these
1: stray cats that come everywhere. They used to have a mouse problem there at Disneyland. So somebody had the brilliant really? idea of bringing cats in, but then the cats <laughs> bred, and there's it's, it's all these. It's around the cats. There are all these stray cats everywhere. Around. That's priceless. So every night they go and they clean up all the cat. How does Mickey ever get a good night's sleep? <coughs> <with> <coughs> all That's those all cats mad. running around.
0: That's priceless. So best ride in the world, Small World. It's a Small World. Out I went world. on this it's a Small
1: World this year. That's a great place to have a nap. Well, <laughs> I had my, nice little, cool. my little girl was with me, and so she was
2: loving it. Yeah. But yes, yeah, the only reason. What was your favorite ride?
1: Oh, it's California screaming at Disneyland. But yeah, the truth is, going. you don't go to Disneyland to go to the rides. You go to Disneyland True to story. see your children smile. True story. Hmm. I'm supposed to take your kids there, huh? Yeah. Did you go? Okay, here <laughs> because here's my thing. And those of you who are listening, I don't understand the adults going to Disneyland. I don't get it. You relive the fantasy oh. of when your kids
0: were young, and you
1: remember. Oh,
0: they <coughs> did that right. You pay two hundred and
1: fifty bucks for the two of you to relive that fantasy. Well, you know what? Honestly, oh, Jody
0: goodness. and I went there one time alone years <coughs> ago for whatever reason our kids were wherever, and it, like we we actually got bored. Yeah, like we're like this is so much fun. We took our kids there last year. Yeah, so they're like twenty four and twenty. But my son's wife had not been since she was little, little. Oh, okay. And that was the joy. Yeah, to see was her. Was taking her to everything. Yeah. And going, oh, you got to try go this. To yeah. and, and that was the, the fun. Yeah. Um, Kyle is here, has joined us. Hello. Straight from Thailand. Can yeah. Can
3: you give us his uh, own personal Disneyland? <laughs> well, actually, the, I was fascinated. Cinderella was just remade with live actors, yeah. actresses. And um, my daughter saw it over spring break. But in Thailand, it's... Posters everywhere of this new movie. So the the stretch of the Disney dream reaches South Asia.
1: Yeah. Is that a good thing? It can be. Hey, you know what? You should just be true to yourself. (laughs) (laughs) Isn't that the point of every Disney movie now? Just be true to yourself. Because the real problem that you've got is not being true to yourself. Don't you think? In the world today, we're just so bound in by by being what everyone else wants, wants us to be. We're never true to ourselves. Oh, come on, tied it's to the, the rules. All. Right? That's a thing that we always want to do all the time. Well, this ties into that. Darcy, you're being. I'm, hey, look, I'm said. just being true to
0: myself, right? But this ties into that article you sent about everything boils down to biology. Yeah, and we're just you we are hate what you are. react. We are what we are. You right? are what you are. Um, Kyle, do you want to give us a little bit of an update on, <coughs> on what happened in Thailand and how it went for your team? Yeah, so Why break, is your we took
1: twice the size as it normally is.
0: <laughs> he has an
3: elephant leg currently. Um, so uh, I'll, okay, I'll talk about that first. It's the, uh, a minor part of the trip, but since you brought it up, let's uh, just say that plane- Kyle has a souvenir. <laughs> 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 so playing basketball in Thailand uh, a few days before I left and fell down as I often do, got a little scraped. Didn't think much of it, but then uh, on the plane ride back and uh, the guinea back to Abbotsford swelled up quite a bit like a balloon animal at a county fair. So I figured that was probably a good <laughs> sign to go see a doctor. And so I have antibiotics, and it's going down. The swelling's going down, and it's getting better. Didn't you, you, eat, didn't you eat bug larva? Yeah. It okay, tastes so it like a French fry,
1: actually. I actually think that the bug larva got into your leg. <laughs> no. Yep. It's I think like, that no. that's the problem, that there are bugs being laid in your egg. Uh, wait, wait. No, what <laughs> would that do to my, my your ankle, though? What What would that do to my ankle? I'm telling you, in five days' time, you're going to have, like, an infestation of bugs coming out of that hole of that leg. I
2: think it's important for me at this point to mention that Jeff and I went to to Thailand last year, and he's a big weenie. He (laughs) ate ate nothing. I don't even know how he survived the trip. But, Kyle, I respect a man that eats bugs abroad. Mm. Well done. Thank you.
0: Yeah. So You must have eaten bugs, too. You better
2: believe it. The bigger, the better. Yeah. Except no, for thanks. cockroaches, I draw a line of cockroaches. I was on a
0: mission trip with the high schoolers one time years ago. Kid ate a live cockroach for 20 bucks. Oh. <coughs> he was sick the rest of the trip. Was yeah. he really? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, well, no surprise there. It wasn't
1: me either that dared him. It was just one of the other kids. So eating bucks. bugs leads to sickness. Kyle, you're sick, so what does that mean? <laughs> no. <laughs>
3: no, it was a phenomenal trip. Uh, we were um, in Bangkok for a week and worked with the Ruth Center in Noi and just amazing work that that she and her team do um, reaching out and serving the elderly in the slums and also kids in the in those areas too just just phenomenal the connections that she has and how they're able to just bless people that are often forgotten by society there in bangkok Um, so that was a great way to begin the trip was working with noi Uh, then we went to the changing life center in the north and um, where they have some uh, it's a boarding uh, place for high school students so we had a day with some of the high school students uh, in the surrounding area just to get to know them, encourage them, um, and also uh, did some ministry in the local area with some of the Kamu people in that in that region and had some uh, students from Laos over for for our time too. So it was just a really good mix of ministries from, you know, big, huge city in the slums in Bangkok to the very rural part of northern Thailand we were in by the Mekong River. Did you eat dog yeah. while you were there? No, but I heard some stories of it and am
2: intrigued I've eaten and, dog uh, twice there. Uh, okay, Delicious. I've seen the dog
1: being prepared, and I chose not to eat the dog. Okay, um, can I,
2: can I get an official ruling? By the way, is it changed Life Center or Changing? Life they call Center? it Changing. It's uh, on the
3: website. It's changed, but yeah. um, Bob, the director, likes Changing for the active, I guess, okay. verbal implication that that good has. brother Bob. the pro, you know. good brother. He is a good yeah. Guy. So, so the, right the the missionaries there. The the the, you know the church leaders from the from mm. yeah we do we worked with it's just great to see what God's doing, um, yeah when you open up the the scriptures when you read about Jesus when you seek to honor him and 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 love him, um, it's yeah it's a really cool uh, cool situation going on there.
0: Mm. Very cool. Well, welcome back. Thank you. It's good to it's nice be. Nice to have you back. and your little friends back.
2: <laughs> yeah. um, yes, we just took a deep breath. Oh, I just. Are we going to get into questions in a second here? Yeah. Okay. I just had one last thing that I needed to get off my chest. Uh, you have a book? No. Not that. (laughs) On Sunday, here I am doing my best to emcee, you know, loving the Lord on stage. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Wait, uh, Greg has a note here. He wants to thank you for wearing a pink shirt. Yeah, I wanted to talk about that real quick. I don't want to overly banter, but I think that I need to at least... um, defend myself here because I never felt You that a I, pink shirt? I wore a pink shirt and I took a little abuse but first of all I want to say Do you that, make pink? I don't shirt, know that, I? that that was a pink shirt that that very well could have been salmon first yeah, that's, of all That's even better Alright <laughs> I don't think all right, first, I'm not sure there's a big difference Would you go to Mauve? Well and then <laughs> Maybe. But then, secondly, I mean, come on, Greg giving fashion advice. Please. Yeah. Look like he just came out of a rodeo with the yeah, shirt he was I, wearing on Sunday. I'm going to be honest with you. Greg's not going to get any
1: man points for anything, is he?
2: <laughs> wow. And he's not even here to defend himself. Exactly. Because I didn't have a chance to defend myself no, either, Greg. He,
0: yeah, he really
2: threw you under the bus. Bring it. Sure.
0: It gave him a great opening gave kind him a of laugh. Little joke and a laugh. If he needs
2: a laugh on my behalf, yeah. so be it. All right. Thanks, um, thanks for letting me get that off my chest.
0: Yeah, as long as you feel better. I feel a little That's better. all that counts. <laughs> um, movies worth seeing. A couple episodes ago, or actually one episode ago, two <clears> weeks <throat> ago, we talked about movies that are worth seeing, and you guys were going to think about that and
1: come with your list. I wasn't here for that discussion, so I have come without a list. Right. You were not so here. So thanks for letting me know. What Paddington was? is my answer. Paddington is a good movie? Yeah, it was great. What about Unbroken? Have you seen Unbroken? Oh, good, good film. Yeah. yeah. I liked it. My wife's reading the book right now. I'd highly recommend the book better than the movie. Yeah, I read uh, the book and the book... The thing about the book is important. that it includes the... Important for a Christian, you want to see the redemption of this guy. Yeah. And at the Instead end... of one Louis Zamperini ends up coming to faith in Christ at the end of his life. And, and it's the big... And his forgiveness of the... The captors the tormentors, is yeah. really the major piece of his of his story, mm-hmm. and that really was not included in the film.
0: Now we said Unbroken, but then we talked earlier about Unforgiven. Yeah, that's an older film, Clint Eastwood. Clint
1: Eastwood. It's a good movie, but it's also very violent, and yeah, it's a very challenging film. Mm. There Will Be Blood is a movie. If you just so you know, it's a violent film as well. But is it there is, blood in it? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but it is a, it is an interesting variant. These are very interesting films up for Academy Awards. Unforgiven won the best picture the year that it, it was came out. But they're westerns that tell a very um, there will be blood. Is it, 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 they tell a dark story, but very uh, moral story. Hmm. Unforgiven not so much. It it what we were talking about earlier with um, you know are are you what you were born to be, or are you not? And
2: that's the question that Unforgiven deals with. You can watch it to see what it, how it comes out at the end. Uh, <clears throat> two movies I thought were interesting that I've watched recently. They're older movies, actually. Was Cider House Rules? Oh yeah, the pro the pro abortion. <clears throat> that's actually a pro pro abortion film. <clears throat> uh, but I, I the reason I, I mention is just it's an interesting <clears throat> film to watch to see how they they try to make that argument. Uh, the uh, uh, that obviously, yeah. I don't agree with, but it's it's an interesting film, yeah.
3: Yeah, it shows the power of story, right? Because it yeah. presents these situations and it, it casts it in a light where it draws you in, where you almost want to agree with the characters that are, right. are pro-abortion because all these different you know horrible circumstances that are going right. on at, at that time, and uh, it's, just, it's the power of film, it's the power of media, it's the power of story that yeah. that we need to. Be aware of. I think when we when we watch film is to is to see how our own emotions are being, you know, taken to a place, and then to to reflect on that and say, is that a good place to be? Yeah. On the flip oh, side,
1: God. Juno does the opposite. There's a little movie that came out years yeah. ago that's called Juno that 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 has a, a young girl get pregnant, and then it's the challenge of her trying to she to keep she wants to keep the baby or give the baby away to a family and. It's a, That's an interesting
2: film. Mm-hmm. As well, I think it's helpful to just, and we mentioned this, but just to reiterate that a lot of people will watch a film, and they could easily watch even *Cider House Rules* and just, and just see it as this, It's just a movie. Yeah,
1: it's escapist. I just went to the watch it as a movie and just watch the story. But there's a, it's art. Yeah, so it's and, got a point.
2: Yeah, and and yeah, and there's a clear message that's yeah. being told. And if you if you're not engaged, well then then you're just being taught. Right. and uh, in, in You your, should
1: push back in your mind against some of the messages that are being taught. That's the way to engage exactly. the thing faithfully, I think.
2: Right. Another older movie that I uh, recently came across was Sophie's Choice. Right. Uh, that's a classic. I think that one won a lot of awards. King's Speech, which we
1: talked about several times on our podcast, which is a great film from the last few years. Highly recommend that one. You can watch it. Mm-hmm. It's a very redemptive movie at the end. Uh, Liked it a lot. Uh, do not go and see The Kingsman. No? No. It is a horribly, horribly violent film.
2: Mm. I've even heard and, of
1: it. Horrib- like, <clears throat> gratuitously violent and celebratory about the violence. I cannot understand how this film has gotten good reviews in that regard. It's a horrible film. It really is. It's terrible. You mm. were talking
0: earlier, Andy, about The Notebook. You really, that one made
1: you cry. <laughs>
2: Hey, it was a dusty room, Darcy. (laughs) The difference. No, uh, actually, I was mentioning the Rockford Files guy. You know, this is actually a Christian film, and uh, I don't know what that means, but uh, I think I think it's done by a Christian director. With no, no, no. Hold on. (laughs) The the film that I was actually promoting, which was called The Song, and uh, oh, yeah, and and it's it's really a story of um, King Solomon and done in modern times and and I thought was really done well and one of the things I liked about it and this is this would be my critique of a lot of Christian movies I see is that they're they're not they're not complicated and messy enough the most that I see and I liked about the song was that it was more of a messy storyline it wasn't rainbows and sunshine that it was more realistic. Yeah. So
1: one of the films that I saw recently that I would recommend, but I'm going to warn anybody who's listening to it, it's got some language in it. Okay, so I don't like English? You need I no back. it's got some salt very salty language in it. Oh, the, bad but the words, thing God. about the salty oh. language, so if you're you're an adult and the salty the reason for the salty language is because the character who is using most of the salty language is trying to be portrayed as a salty guy. But it is a it is a Have you fan- mentioned the it's film a fantastic yet? film it's whiplash oh. um, and it, it's a it's a fantastic piece of art it's a wonderful film and the the point in the end is very provocative it's like how much yeah do the means justify the ends right if you, if the end goal is to produce somebody who is, is it if you're into sports or you're into music or coaching at all this movie is basically about coach, he's, a, he's a, a musician, a conductor of an orchestra, who, who pushes a student to the point of breaking in order to get the best out of him, and in the end gets the best out of him. But the process that leads him there is so aw- odd and difficult. It is a very interesting film. And <laughs> It asks all sorts of questions about whether or not the reason for this musician wanting to get to that point to be remembered is the language that they use. Uh, is really valuable and really should be the kind of thing you do. It's a it's a very good movie. You sit at home if you're if you're an adult and you 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 know go watch a movie with your wife or husband and you're not too con- you're willing to put up with some salty language in order to understand the, the wider f- framework. It, it's a good film.
0: If you're concerned what kind of language, you can go to kidsinmind.com and it'll actually list the words that are offensive, which is a
1: great by the way to go and read a. A website like that, or plugged in online. I mean, I don't love the reviews all the times so that plugged in online, but it gives you an awareness of all the objectionable stuff that you would. Yeah. You should not go and see a movie without seeing, seeing that, that, so that you're pre- you're prepared and aware where to put your guard up, whether or not your kids should be, stuff like that. Yeah. Ezra Ezra's just entered the room and he's pointing at IMDb which is the internet movie database which will also give you some of that feedback but it doesn't that's give
0: okay. you like a list of the no. sex scenes and no, all that sort of no. stuff it
4: doesn't give you uh, an exhaustive list but it'll give you enough information to actually have a sense right. of what this movie yeah. is don't go
0: to movies un- unaware I, yes. I would just say kidsinmind.com like really gives every little thing that's in it and right. we've there's been a number of movies that we've wanted to go to and then read that and went oh yeah, I did not do that Shoot, when we went we to Kingsman.
1: I usually do. Because we it looks Kingsman like a James Bond movie. That's like, all it looks you, like. I, I was three-quarters of the way through. I thought, oh, my goodness. Took this is quarters taking." quarters of the way it, through? No, this, it, it takes some turns toward that point you're not really aware of, wow. and then it's horrible.
3: So was your conscience bothered at that point?
1: It was because the scene, the most violent scene, happens in a church, and there is a sense in which the the filmmaker is justifying – the destruction, physical destruction of all these people who are, anyway, the, the church is an embodiment of all the things that the culture doesn't like these days. And it's, it frightened me, to be honest with you. Somebody could make a movie like that and people could mm. celebrate the gratuitous violence against people who are saying certain politically incorrect things. Oh, uh, and okay. I, I, that frightened me a bit. Um, yeah. Not that I agree with the politically incorrect things that they said. I'm just saying that it frightened me that somebody who is—you could you could portray church-going people in such a negative way and then have them all murdered horribly and have that be kind and of— And that being a good thing. Like, well, have have, have right that kind of be a, a celebration yeah, sort of thing. Well, and in the movie, the, the scene is horrible. Hmm. So uh, I have a question for all of us.
2: Have, we ever, <coughs> have you ever
1: walked out of a movie? Yes. a movie theater? I have, yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. And yeah, you get your t- money back, too.
0: You can You well. just go to the front and you say, I'd. You know, this like is an area
1: of film and, and these sorts of things is an area of Christian conscience, right? Mm-hmm. And, and so there are people who are listening to us whose consciences will be more uh, affected by some films than others. And some who are listening who were like, ah, oh, I can actually handle that sort of stuff. They should we should all be judging our consciences though on these. Right? right? You should take a good, strong look and say, you know what? This sort of stuff really bothers me and this sort of stuff really leads me to go down paths that I don't want to go down. And and if you're with somebody and it's really bothering them, yeah, you should not you even, leave with them? Yeah, you right? shouldn't go to begin with. You should yeah, ask them totally. ahead of time. It, you, their conscience should be your guide. Yeah. That's yeah.
3: Is that Jiminy Cricket? Their conscience is your guy.
1: Yeah. No. Okay, so everything comes back to Disney. (laughs) (laughs) Disney nailed it.
0: Kyle, any movies on the plane that were good? Uh, I I watched Big Hero 6. Good one. Oh, yeah? Is that the right name? Yeah, it's a great movie. Yeah, it was fun. Big Hero 6. I didn't know there was five others. No, no.
3: Well, it's six, I guess, because there's six main characters in it. Is that right? Yeah.
2: Good one. That
3: was interesting. I'm surprised. There's some
2: interesting philosophical ideas presented in that film, by the way. Yeah, good stuff. That I'd love to talk about, but I won't. I'll ref- I'll restrain myself. The Personhood of robots. Yeah, if person if somebody wants us to talk on, <laughs> it the philosophical cha- implications of that movie. Chappie is out right send now. Send them and in. Oh, I know. It's Chappy's dealing with the same
1: question that the idea of personhood is become a real a real issue for. And, am of I not right
2: things. that this is one of the major issues of our of our time? What constitutes a person? Right. Chappie, that's that the whole movie obviously right. is about.
0: Wasn't there a movie with Will Smith years ago? AI.
2: Yeah. No, it was iRobot. Robot.
1: There's I, Robot? The same same issue in that. Uh, Nearly every bicentennial man years ago with Robin Williams. I'd say eighty
2: percent of the movies out right now, in some fashion or another, deal with this question:
3: artificial intelligence or Uh, or personhood.
2: Well, I I would say that they're the same question. Yeah, yeah. Whether it be zombies, artificial intelligence, um, or then there's other things too, like whether where you have a mix of the two that are. World War Z. Yeah, that was a. Dealt with the person that did it, Andy? Absolutely.
1: No, it dealt with the only good zombies, a dead zombie. That's what it dealt with. <laughs> <laughs> and fast zombies suck. <laughs> <laughs> I saw a bumper sticker that
0: said that. Uh. All right, let's get into some uh, questions here. We have uh, a few that uh, have come in over the last uh, number of weeks. Um, Kyle, this one is uh, something that you said or brought Uh-oh. up, at least at a theology class. Uh-oh. <laughs> uh, Kyle brought up the topic of the Supreme Court's decision regarded, uh, regarding assisted dying. I've uh, somewhat followed the news regarding the issue, and it seemed like a reasonable decision from the Supreme Court. Um, somebody want to just tell us quickly what their the Su- Supreme Court
3: Maybe said? Kyle
1: should tell us that. Yeah.
3: Um, yeah, I'm trying to think back on how...
1: So you just say stuff, and then
3: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, no, actually this this tied back to a uh, personhood issue, and then and who who gets to make that call? So I was I was raising that um, as an example in our culture of of how we define ourselves and what kind of rights we give to ourselves
0: and why we give ourselves those rights. Mm-hmm. And so the Supreme Court said it is okay to kill yourself, like you can have somebody there to help you?
4: No, no, I think, I think the issue is um, if someone is terminally ill, to the extent where it can be proven that the person will n- not get better and they're in a deteriorating state where they're in constant pain and their quality of life is absolutely terrible at that point if it can be proven, determined by but determined by the doctor the, the, but the doctors, mentally they
0: can make the decision that that's what yes, they want to do
4: that's what they want to do but then they have to have a doctor to determine that actually their quality of life is appalling then they can request their doctor to assist them in like assistance or so, dying so if if the doctor is so if a doctor does not want to do it the doctor is obligated to to uh, send the patient to another doctor whom the first doctor knows that he can do it. And if there is no other doctor in the area, then the, the first doctor, your, your personal doctor who, did, who said yes, to, I mean, he would say, he would have to. That's the, a
1: very difficult thing for a doctor.
4: Yes.
2: Now,
0: in the States, they have allowed um, depends on the state, certain individuals, yeah, I read. I heard this podcast about this lady who helped people die, right. and it was this big
2: club, Dude, that Jack they of Organ,
1: back in the day.
0: Yeah. Well,
2: and then in recently in Oregon, yeah, yes, Oregon's so. got assisted suicide. So does was Washington State. And that lady made it very public as yeah, she yeah. was dying of cancer. Yeah.
0: So yeah. the the question that came up was, what is the biblical defense against assisted dying? Thou shalt not murder.
1: Even if it's your own choice. Okay. So this is the interesting piece here is that we we in the west have have principalized or prioritized personal autonomy above everything. So we want to say that you have the right to do whatever you want with your body. So if there's a few cells inside your body that some people call a fetus, you can kill it. You can do whatever you want with that. You can do whatever you want with you. You can do, you can have sex with whatever you want. You can do whatever you want with you and, and that, that we're not allowed to touch any of that. That that's that's the principle. Unless society has yeah, deemed it. My question illegal. ultimately becomes what biblical defense do you have for that mm-hmm. that you are your own? Mm-hmm. Because I, as a Christian, I'm going to look at that and say actually you're bought with a price, right honor God with your body, mm-hmm. 1 Corinthians 6. Like I I have the temple of the Holy Spirit. There's mm-hmm. a lot mm-hmm. of stuff here talking about how you actually aren't yours. And in addition, that your the emphasis of your life um, ethically should be focused on others, and not just uh, not you. So uh, Philippians two, don't consider yourself. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you consider others better than yourself. Uh, you get language like that. Consider do, do the same as Jesus, who didn't you know who was equal to God, but didn't consider equality of God something to be grasped. Made himself yes. nothing. So it seems to me that that the emphasis in the scriptures is on others. Even the thing we just mentioned a few minutes ago, when it comes to Christian conscience, the emphasis that you're going to get in the passage in the scriptures about that is, hey, you should be concerned about your brothers and sisters and whether or not you're offending them by your movie choice or by your drinking or right. by your yoga or by your whatever. You should be concerned about how that's portray how that's playing out in the community, as opposed to just you. And yet all of this law and these kinds of laws are, flip that on its head and say no you should be concerned about you and your personal struggles and your personal feelings and things because this is a fact, your, your suicide is going to affect other people and it is it is murder but what else do you want to call it? It's not murder? But it, But if we're supposed to focus on others
0: and if hmm. I'm a burden on my family, yeah is that not helping Yeah, I always, I always but,
1: find that interesting, the language of burden and what kinds of burdens are we talking about? Of course, we always feel ourselves to be greater burdens than we actually are. Yeah, financially a burden. I mean, I get I struggle with the with the subjective nature of the decision too, right? I mean, we can it's all well and good and say well, what we're talking about here is a certain person who's in constant pain and they'll never get better, which of course is a faith assumption. It'll never get better. <laughs> mm-hmm. But it ultimately, I I just I just I struggle a lot with the the presupposition. But I also
4: think to the to to respond to your question, Darcy, when you're talking about being a burden. The scriptures also teach that we care for one another. So in other words, you're not you're not a god unto yourself. So you you will need help. You will need support from other people as you walk through the journey of life. And so. <coughs> If you consider yourself like you do not want to be a burden to another person, then you're depriving people from the opportunity to, to actually bless you and help you and walk alongside of you.
2: Yeah, Just the same
4: a, way they ought to also bless you and help you and walk alongside of you. Yeah. The
3: quote that I mentioned in that class that you're referring to, um, the Supreme Court said that the pro- prohibition on physician-assisted dying infringes on the right. So they're talking about rights that we have, the right to life, liberty, and security of the person in a manner uh, so the, the prohibition would uh, do, would not do justice to our, our life, liberty, and security of person. And there's a fundamental justice to those things that the Supreme Court said. Yeah. So my, my question with bringing, that, bringing this to the table was why do we ground, what reason do we have to ground th- those things in the individual? If we're all just cosmic accidents, do we really have a right to life? or liberty, if we're just, you know, particles that have randomly come together. Um, so this this Everything will question, come back to this Imago
2: day. Yeah, is who, who we are as people. What do you mean by Imago day? Well, the image of God and who do I really belong to? Do I belong to myself? Do I belong to God? Do I owe something to my creator?
4: Hmm.
2: And, and am I truly my own? Because Jesus would seem to indicate, yeah, you do owe something right. to your creator.
1: Absolutely you do. In fact, the fact that he created you means that he has certain ownership rights over you. Mm-hmm. This yeah. is a fun, yeah, very fundamental principle in the scriptures. Yeah. But this the individual autonomy is the enemy here.
2: Yeah. In Mark chapter 12, Jesus says, "Give give to God what belongs to God, right? You." What's well, so in response to the the whole Caesar stuff, yeah. right? And he
4: finds
1: a It's we porta- pay taxes to Caesar. He says, "Yeah." yeah. Or the actually, Potter
4: clay language. Yeah.
1: So you should you should actually pay taxes to Caesar just like you should you know, give to Caesar what Caesar's his his face is on the is on the image, uh, or his image is on the
4: coin. Mm-hmm. So whose image is on, is on you? And that is the I think that's the point of that text. Yeah. Oh, it with, is. Yeah. It's such a huge point, right? right. Good.
2: Um, oh, by the, can I just mention one last thing on there, and I think this is just where this conversation was going. It's a slippery slope yes. uh, question that ultimately leads to, and even with what you were saying, Ezra, with uh, being a burden. Now who's gonna determine if, if you're a burden on people and uh, and and at what point do you get the autonomy of saying that you take your life or can somebody else have the right of taking your life? And the, it becomes a much bigger question once you start losing your footing.
4: You need, what, what, what really, as someone who grew up in the third world, uh, in a third world country where community is so different, community done in, in the third world nation is so different from how it's done here. So I wonder when people use the word community in the marketplace, I wonder what they mean by that statement, given that individualism is so huge and is cherished and it is people are being called to strive to to to, to be self-sustaining. Then how like when they say community, what do they mean? Like I, as a third world person, I have no idea. It's other people helping me to be self. Totally, self- it's, it's, what, it's, what does it mean? It's you
1: supporting my <laughs> self actualization. That's what it is. Well, this is what happens in church too. I want you to run all those programs so that if I want to, I can take advantage of them. Not for the, you know, like the, it's all about me and my self actualization. That's what yeah. everything is in the culture these days. This why you, this is why you can't tell anybody how to how to have sex with any with anyone, right? The only rule right now is consent. And the reason consent's the only rule is because it infringes on the self-actualization of others, right? Mm-hmm. Everybody should be able to self-actualize. The great goal of your life is to self-actualize. That's what Disney's teaching. That's when all the movies say, uh, be who you are, don't be afraid. Th- it's all the same story. It's, the, it's constant cultural narrative. And everything that we think about theologically comes down to this. Part, half of our problems with, with issues like, I mean, Greg goes and stands and, and preaches a sermon this weekend about Matthew 11, and he talks about Jesus, God, Jesus says, I hide it from the wise and learn and reveal it to little children. Well, the reason that this is such a problem for us is because we live in an autonomous Western, like we, a Western world that embraces the autonomous self. What do you mean? There's somebody outside of me that gets to determine for me my future. <laughs> yeah, there's a God. There's, who has authority over you. And he does have that kind of sovereign power. So, and we think, well, how does that work? And we'd want to figure it out, which is all legitimate good questions, but you need to recognize the, the motivating factor behind the pushback in your heart is a cultural Western one. That if you go to places like Africa and you say to somebody in Africa, yeah, there's people outside of you who have dictatorial rights over your future. Yes. They're like, yep. Totally. Totally. In fact, I am just a pawn in the game, they will yes. say. Is that always right? No. They need to embrace ideas mm-hmm. of individuality, maybe a little bit more. But you need to recognize that in the Western world right now, we are so committed to individual autonomy and self-actualization that we can't see anything apart from that grid.
4: But you know what the, the, the difficulty then with that is? With, with our Western worldview, there are lots of people, even some who are listening to us, Um, right now who are in deep trouble on so many levels on various issues and no one has any idea what those issues are and the listeners who are listening would not even have the guts to even go and tell someone why because if you show that you are in need of something it might be weakness or failure right and then you look at the biblical text and the biblical text is screaming something that is totally opposite. And so for me, I sit back and I wonder, okay, so then how am I supposed to have community if it is all going to be about me and me achieving or reaching the goal of being self-sustained? Yeah. And but it's I fake
2: it's, in, in, its, in its core then. Uh, yeah, Because uh, I, I have to put out this image. Yeah. yeah.
1: The answer to your question is it, in the West, it's community on my terms. Which is such a funny
2: statement. <laughs> one of the reasons
1: I brought this up
3: in the theology class too is if, if the individual is the king and the, the has the trump card over every other decision, uh, there's a country in Northern Europe, I can't remember which one right now, but their uh, physician assisted suicide law goes to 12 year olds. So if you're, if you're 12, that would be the Netherlands. Okay. Sure. Yes. I am sure. Anyway, so I just just sitting back and reflecting on do we want a 12 year old? Mm-hmm. Who is you know going through all kinds of rough things? Yes. You know their puberty is just setting in, and there's all these things going yes. on in their life that are, are hard. And we want to you know walk with them through those hard things. Yes. But do we want a 12 year old to say, "Well, the best way out is to just end it all," um, and have that sanctioned by
1: the government? I, I don't think we want to go there. No. But that's the trajectory, though. Yeah. It is. Because the moment you determine that the person has the ability to be self actualized, 12, for example. Yes. How are you now going to bar them from that? isn't it the greatest That's Maslow too would say is it the greatest hatred the greatest evil is to bar them from self-actualization to put rules upon them mm-hmm. that they, they, they can't uh, that
4: they, they can't embrace who they really are though it would be also isn't he would say
1: it's the worst evil
4: it would be appropriate to say though in in um, in Europe that nation you're talking about the Netherlands I believe it is there's still a fierce battle regarding whether that age should actually be 12 because that, as it is right now, it's at 16, but okay. they want to move it up to 12 such that a 12-year-old child can actually determine if they want. Assistance. Well, if it's at 16, it's just a matter of time this before it's 12. And, and so, and so the, the, I, I was listening to <clears throat> the briefing. It's a podcast by Dr. Albert Mohler, the president of uh, Southern Biblical and he was talking about, okay, so, and he even referred to Canada, saying how the Canadian uh, Supreme Court has decided this and all that. And so he was wondering, okay, so how long will it be if in Europe they're moving this to 12 year olds? So obviously what happens there is obviously going to come and begin happening here. And so it wouldn't be long before when you open this Pandora's box, guess what? Well, you've established yeah. the principles, the philosophy, and
1: the practicalities will follow. And yeah. mm-hmm. they are following. They are. Anyway.
0: Let's move on to another question here. It's a very short question. Uh, what is the
1: unpardonable sin? Anything done to offend me.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I think that the. Sin against all Holy quest, Yeah, the, the question is probably about. about is, we have uh, talked about this before. With regards to. Uh, and against the Holy
1: Spirit. Yeah, in the in the context of the text, the, there's there two different passages that talk about the impartial sin. I want to say Matthew yeah. and Mark.
2: Matthew 12 and Mark 3. There you go.
1: Um, I think the context seems to indicate that it's attributing to Satan the work done by God. Yes, which I, I completely agree. And with. persisting in that kind of unbelief. Mm-hmm. So it's a it's a certain kind of.
2: The question is: Is how could you be forgiven when yeah. you when you're attributing Jesus with yeah. Satan? Yeah. You don't, when, You'll never seek him for Yeah, forgiveness. and
1: that's, that's the thing in the end. Is it's actually, from what I can tell, it seems to be a defeater belief. It's establishing in your mind that any of the miracles that you see, any of the evidences that God is doing around you, you have a defeater belief that says, well, that's just the devil. Mm-hmm. So it's unpardonable because you, you'll, you'll, you'll always see it through that grid. You'll always, what can God do? He's going to show you, know, he show you his great power. I mean, he could crack open the world, but you just say, well, that's the devil.
2: It reminds me of my atheist friend. I shared with him lots of reasons why I believe in God, but the, he just saw through all of them because he had a defeater belief that all that exists is the physical world, and right. there is nothing beyond the physical world, so how could God possibly exist? Right. Well, I mean, what, what can you do there? Well, yeah. you can, for in his case, I guess I, I argue against physicalism, but but this is this is the problem. You, there's just no moving past no. seeing Jesus as Satan, right? If he's a, if he's mm-hmm. a demon,
4: right? Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I um, those who persist in that will yeah. not be pardoned. Right. See, there's. I was in a class that the prophet's teaching and talking about this specific subject and he was saying that what christ is doing god accomplishes obviously christ accomplishes work on the cross the spirit of god is the one who now the spirit of god is the power of god behind what god does so if god is doing something through the spirit that he accomplishes his power working through the spirit so If you're seeing this God accomplishing something, the Spirit of God is the one, the power behind it. And then you say that I don't want that. I don't want that because that's of Satan. So now what you're saying (coughs) is I want no part, I want this, I don't want the Spirit of God at all, at all. So then the question becomes, then who will convict you of your sin? Because it's only when you're convicted that you come to a place of repentance. And when you repent, God extends forgiveness. But if you deny the work of the Spirit and you say you want no part of it, then there won't be a conviction that takes place in your heart which will lead to no repentance. So when there is no repentance, what happens? Now you're only left with the wrath of God. You're not pardoned. Would you say that anybody who is fearful
1: of committing the unpardonable sin likely has not committed it
2: it's a demonstration yeah you know that. Yeah, it's yeah. a demonstration yeah. that you're 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 being convicted <laughs> by the spirit
4: to say hey you know what <laughs> i'm sorry about this right so, so it's, actually, it's actually a good thing yes it is if a good you thing wonder oh wow have i stepped
0: across that line yeah yeah I, I think a lot of people think like if i utter certain words or no. i do this yeah, thing yeah. like that's gonna no, eliminate me
1: forever from god's love i would say it's persistently to put it Bluntly, the, the, my view is that it's persistently attributing to Satan the work done by God, mm-hmm. and c- that defeat or belief persisting persistently in your, pers- persisting in your mind. Mm-hmm. But even that person could, at some point, repent mm-hmm.
0: and turn from. Well, their the Lord ways. opens eyes of many. Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah, right. But it's those who persist in that unbelief. It's just a threat that He gives to the Jew to the Pharisees here, right? Mm-hmm. He's, Jesus is threatening them with that language. Yeah.
0: All right. Want to go back to Luke fourteen twenty five to thirty <coughs> three? That was that the first in our that Jesus said first. what series? Yeah. The question, uh, two questions this listener has. Uh, the first is um, to love God immensely more than I love my closest family members, uh, or they're challenged by this. To love God immensely more than I love my closest family members. How does one go about increasing his or her love for God until we love Him? Immensely, intensely, and intentionally. Ooh, that's good. Yeah, that's three I's.
1: Yeah. Yeah, you're gonna
3: use that, aren't you? I might borrow that. The All loves that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs>
0: Can think... you
4: alliterate your answer? <laughs> uh, not on the spot. <laughs> oh. <laughs> you, call you know, I think I think it's a it's a journey. It's a journey where you, as you, begin to or oh, continue to love the gospel. Um, being in the Word of God, being in fellowship with other Christians, um, loving God, serving him, praying to him. the spirit of you will grow in grace as you know more about the gospel. So mm-hmm. I would even say, at this stage in my life, I wouldn't say that I understand the gospel in its in its nuances, but the more I study the Word of God, the more I sit and listen to good preaching, the more I spend time in prayer with other believers. Man, the more I understand the gospel and the deeper I understand it, the more I love God because right. I'm, I'm in a constant relationship with him. So I think it's not, it's not rocket science. It's just Christian growth. Read your Bible, pray, fellowship with other Christians, go to church. How do, you get, how do you love anything? How do you start to love anything?
1: I mean, again, uh, spent there's a, so there's a girl that you're, you're interested in. Or a boy. Side. The,
4: well, if you're a girl, y- okay. You're there, in the the there you go. Yeah. <laughs> there you go.
1: A bunch <laughs> of boys around the table, Ezra. So you threw me off there for a minute. <laughs> the, the. Uh, so there's a girl that you're interested in. It's a guy. You're interested in this girl, and, and you say, "Well, I'm. I want to go and. want to get to know her. And so you st- you start to get to know her. You spend time around her. You learn about her interests. You listen to her you find out what she likes you do what she likes you enjoy spending time uh with her you might read think she likes to you to read and that sort of i mean this is this is how you do it how do you how do you love a new sports team uh you listen to the radio about them you um, read all the stuff about them on the internet you spend time with other people who like them you right i mean this is how you gain in in your love for, for for these things and so my my response is, well, what Ezra's basically saying is that you, you spend time around it and think. Here's the difference. Every sports team in the world will let you down, especially if it's Arsenal. But <laughs> this is true. <laughs> every sports team in the world will let you down because no matter, and every person will let you down because eventually you'll get to the point where you get to know them well enough that you're like, oh, I don't like that part about them. Yeah. But Jesus is the, is, the, is the revelation of God himself. He is the definition of beauty and excellence and truth and wonderful things. Mm-hmm. You will never be let down by him. Every turn of the diamond will be a new vista, will be more beautiful, will be more beautiful, will be more beautiful. And so if you think about spending all that time and all those other things trying to learn uh, how to love them, and you attribute that kind of time and effort into learning to love Jesus, spending time with his people, hanging out with, uh, or in, in his word, spending time in prayer, um, serving him in the church, that He renewal will come steadily over and over again It'll be a long journey and in your later days you'll realize that you love him more even more and more and you, you've seen him for his beauty better and better through your life
2: do, don't you think this is one of the problems that we because I, I get this question a lot like how do I know God <coughs> and I, I I wonder if one of the problems we struggle with that question is is we forget that God's a person yes right right and we and we think about God more as this abstract force right that I don't relate with. It's trying to. It's like trying to re- relate to a tree or something. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And and I think it's significant that how does God choose to reveal Himself? Well, in His Word, He reveals Himself through narrative. Mm-hmm. It, the Bible's majority of its story, it's relational. Mm-hmm. But then, how does God re- reveal His His person through the person of Jesus Christ? Mm-hmm. That through in a person, a person. Yeah. right?
4: So, so I think to answer the the the, the listener's question, I think. You don't, know, you don't know Christ well enough yet. Nobody does, though. Nobody does yet, yes. But I'm saying the more you get to know him, the things that you will give up for him— will become greater and greater the deeper you get to know who he is.
0: Well, you touched on the next question that, that they ask is, what does it mean in my life to give up everything I have in order to follow Christ? It means
1: to be willing to lay down all those things for the service of Christ. It means that when, when the word of Christ comes into conflict with the word of others or the word of yourself, you deny yourself, you take up your cross, and you follow. Mm-hmm. Like, it, 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 it's not a statement saying, oh, I need to, I, I need to qualitatively make sure that you know, I hate my mom. And right, that's right. not the idea here. The idea here is that compared to
2: Jesus, nobody wins your allegiance. Yes. I yes. was talking about this actually at our young adults group. That uh, I was talking about the story of St. Augustine. And for him, he was convicted by a story of a monk by the name of Anthony who actually read... Like for him, money was a huge thing for him, mm-hmm. and it took it was his allegiance, and so for him, he actually needed to give right release his finances. That's a rich ruler, yeah. That's so why he's he could, called to do what he's called to do. Go give all of your money away. And for but for Augustine, it was different. Yeah, we were talking about this earlier. He he was a sex addict, yeah. and for him, he knew that to follow Christ, he he needed to give. This was. This was what was controlling him. This was his allegiance, and he needed to submit it to Christ. And by the way, it Augustine,
1: Augustine, when he was a Christian, was still living with a woman. He still struggled. Right. And so uh, that's not justifying it. Right. That's just saying that these are process issues, mm-hmm. right? And this isn't something that's going to happen in one day, that you will grow as a Christian, and it's the willingness Identifying to... Identifying your allegiance. It's the willingness at every point to where the word of Christ comes and by word of Christ, I don't mean some in, in, in internal feeling that you had on a Tuesday morning. I mean the word of Christ spoken through the apostles. It's in a book. I, I, I mean the command of Jesus to yeah. love certain things and to abhor the other things. The, those words come into conflict with your own desires, with the desires of the culture, or whatever. You choose Jesus every time. That's what it means to hate your father and mother. Right. That means that if your parents say, you know, you shouldn't follow Jesus, as is the case in so many family right. Hindu families in the world where they say, or, or Muslim families or Sikh families who say, we are going to cast you out if you do this. Here's a point at which the decision to follow Jesus is going to cost you a great deal, right? And you have to hate your father and mother. Mm-hmm. Even in families that are culturally <clears throat>
3: Christian, when their sons or daughters wanna follow Christ wholeheartedly, especially if they wanna go into missions and go to hard places. Sometimes that is a time when, yeah, they need to follow Christ
4: more than the desires of their parents. I mean, I would say right now as a family, um, extended family, my, extended, my wife's family, one of uh, her nieces is uh, considering an opportunity to go to Africa, to this country called Niger, to serve in a school for nine months. And so now there are a lot of family who are asking questions regarding, okay, so there was Ebola around that region. There is Boko Haram around that region. And so she needs to raise funds. So she might be coming to every family saying, hey, would you support me 50 bucks, 100 bucks, whatever, a month for the next 10 months to go there and do this thing? And so I can see the handbrakes coming up. All right. at least I can see the hands going to the handbrake to say, I don't know if you should do this because I saw in Revenue Canada, I mean, not uh, on um, the government of Canada, the <coughs> travel advisory right, saying, right. don't go, don't do it. And yes, she needs to do her due diligence and all that, but she looked at me in the face on uh, Sunday and was very pointed to say, Ezra, I, I know the Lord is calling me to do this. I know the Lord is calling me to do this. So... It reminds yeah. me, yeah.
2: It reminds me even of a, a lot of... <coughs> countries right now Muslim countries in particular where Christians there it it, if you're a Christian if you if you write down that you're a Christian it's gonna cost you more for insurance it's gonna cost you more for your university education Egypt
4: Egypt is like that yeah there's lots Indonesia's
2: like there's a lot yeah Malaysia's like this yes and uh, it's gonna cost you it's gonna cost you more yes and and, and ultimately it's where's your allegiance
4: Yeah. yeah I think what Jeff said earlier is key are you willing, are you willing to do this yeah, and, and at, getting there? At the pressing points that are happening yes. in your life right now,
1: are you, are you willing to honor the Word of God because it's the Word of Jesus who loves you and died for you? Are you mm-hmm. willing to honor Him above the allegiances you have toward your family, toward your self, toward your friends? everything yeah that's what it means to be his disciple but by the way this is what's so crazy about this is in the cultural context of our day this is why it's so irritating for me when we talk about sexual sin why it's so irritating for me when when people want to say oh well you can be a christian and say be a practicing homosexual or you can be a christian and, and be a practicing adulterer or be a christian like come on Guys, seriously, that's the call of discipleship. That's the whole point that Jesus is making here, right? There's there's an explicit call of Christ to abandon those things. And yet you're saying, no, I don't need to abandon those things. I can keep them and still be called a a believer. And I'll expand that to other things, too, like uh, greed and um, uh, hoarding of wealth. You cannot be a Christian and be a hoarder. You can't. You You cannot serve God and mammon. Right. and that's are, the point. That's Jesus.
4: That's yeah. Jesus there, yeah. being very explicit, because I think w- a lot of people in our culture, it's all about this casual discipleship, yeah. where mm-hmm. I'm just casual. Well, oh, it's, my it's, it's all under the blood anyway. It's all under the blood. It's all a, under grace. And then you come to a passage like Luke 14, where Jesus is very explicit with <laughs> what it takes to be yeah. his disciple, and you're like, there are no casual disciples here. And its he's not interested in the numbers, the multitudes, but more com- more interested in the committed.
0: Well, thank you, gentlemen, for your thoughts on these questions. And if you have any other questions you would like us to take a stab at, please send them to extra at org. Unless you're John Rendell, you've sent in enough questions. <laughs> <laughs> John Rendell, one of our interns, has faithfully been sending in lots of questions. We put those can to I, the bottom of the pile. <laughs> Next week is episode 200. Can
3: I ask a quick question or just interject? When Jeff was talking about just the beauty of Christ and growing in that, um, I couldn't help but think of Walt Disney because... He's beautiful. No, because I mean he, <laughs> he had that... You know, dream, he, he awakened that. He wanted us to know that, but he didn't have an answer to it. No, the, object the answer was... to that dream is yourself and all the Disney movies. But we need to die to self. We need to see that mm-hmm. Christ is ultimately, that, that dream is a good dream to have if it's fulfilled in Jesus. Right. The, the,
1: kingdom, the kingdom is what he's pointing to. Like, and that's the, the, the thing about when you go, when I went to Disneyland, that was the thing. I'm walking through the streets saying, the it is kingdom. so remarkable how this man and how this place is holding out hope for a better world and yet the problem is that they don't deal with it they, they, they think that all the problems are outside the gates yeah. the problem is that all the people are in here right they're inside of us and yeah. it, the only one who deals with that is 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 christ who by the way died on a cross on a friday night and uh rose again from the grave Praise God. Two days later. So oh, we yeah. celebrate that this weekend. Yeah. And next said three days later, right? Next uh, two, uh, podcast, know, we'll, we'll talk about that some more. <laughs> two days. Um,
0: and next podcast is our 200th uh, <coughs> celebration. It's going to be big. It's going to be huge. We're we're going to do something. Oh, can we not say what we're doing?
2: We're going to keep it a secret.
0: Well, you know what? Let's just keep it a secret. Yeah. It's so amazing. Well, I think we'll keep it a secret. But we some, just keep it a Something big is coming. I just, you guys don't even know. Something big idea it is. is coming that we're going to announce at the 200th. Are we going to Well, now everybody's going to be disappointed for, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> no, no haggis. Oh. And Kyle, you can't be here next week. Yeah, I have meetings in Langley all day. That's all day. unacceptable. Could you Skype in? Because we're going to be recorded. So, oh, by the way, <laughs> wear pants next week. Just because it's going to be recorded. Oh, does it. that mean i got to put my shirt on? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Please. Thank you for listening. We'll see you next week.